I'm Ryan Nidell, host of 15 Minutes to Freedom, your daily action guide to getting shit done. Today's episode is entitled Woo Woo. So in today's episode, I'm going to dive into my spirituality, that journey, and a crazy event that happened over this weekend. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. So as my life has taken these unique twists and turns, I've decided to expand my capacity. And if you've listened for quite some time, you understand that I truly believe that every day we have really one mission as an individual on this planet, and that's to expand. You know, you get to choose really the content that you consume and your thoughts. And once you realize that you are in control of your thoughts and your own capacity, you can choose to expand your view, your vision. And so in that, I've shared in a couple different episodes my thoughts on meditation and how I started with not understanding what meditation was and you know, believing it to be you know, wearing some brown robe and having to shave my head and humming and my fingers touching and sitting Indian style on the ground, you know, really like a Buddhist monk. And that was my perception of what meditation really was. And that perception was really brought upon me by, I'll say, more society than myself. You see, as I've expanded my capacity in the way my mind works, I realize the fact that there's a lot of tribalism that goes on. There's a lot of impressing and Im, you know, imprinting that happens from the content that we consume around us. So when I finally started to open my capacity, the fact that there could be more to life, more to meditation than just you know, sitting there humming, it led me down this rabbit hole, and part of this was from Wake Up Warrior. Part of this was, you know, we do something called the core four inside of Wake Up Warrior, and I get a half point for meditation. And so it was this gamification that originally happened, and Wake Up Warrior is something that was founded by Garrett J. White. You go to wakeupwarrior.com or thekingskit.com, um, and you can really dive into things that way. But from my standpoint, the meditation side of things was originally done because I want to earn this arbitrary half point. You know, the systematic sedation that we go through. Admittedly, I became sedated by what Warrior was presenting. And that's not a bad thing per se. It had given me an expansive way to view the world. But in this, in this half point that I'm searching for, I didn't fully understand what meditation was. And so I got on this rabbit hole of searching for what it is and how I can use it. And again, I've shared all this, so I'll speed right through it. There's an episode, if you go back, that's called Meditation to give you deeper insight. But I started with something called a muse, M-U-S-E, and it was choosemuse.com. It actually monitors and measures your brain waves and takes you through either guided or unguided meditation and starts to teach you how to meditate. Once I thought that I felt pretty good in that environment and could string together a series of days in a row and didn't miss and all these things, I started diving into how could I synchronize the left and right side of my brain? Like meditation, of course, is this spiritual journey, but it also, there was some science behind it for me. And so in that I found, I'll call them binary or, or, or basically synchronizing the sides of your brain by the use of frequencies that are different in each earlobe. That started pushing me into this theta state of meditation and pushed me there very quickly. And it was enjoyable. But from that, at that same time, I started experiencing and reading content by a guy named Dr. Joe Dispenza. And Dr. Joe Dispenza has this incredible view on what spirituality really means and meditation and how to meditate and how to almost transcend. Like, how do you pull from your energy centers and really connect to a higher power through meditation? And so here we are. Like, I, I don't say I've ran the gamut of meditation because Lord knows there's a million different versions of meditation. You got to find which one's right for you and 
I can't say that I haven't figured out, but I know what works for me currently. I know what currently serves me. And that could be different every day. Like right now I get immense impact from doing a 30 to 45 minute meditation using that synchronization method. You know, wanting to tie my left and right hemisphere of my brain together and allow myself to forcibly go into that theta state and then just be. Just truly be in connect with the higher power. Because originally I thought meditation was meant for quieting your brain. Like just being, you know, just stopping all the chatter that goes on. And that ended up being a byproduct of what I was doing. It certainly worked. But now as my journey has continued, I look at meditation as kind of like the doorway to a deeper level of spirituality. You know, that meditation allows me to really connect to God and God from the way that I view him. I don't view God personally as, you know, a guy with a long beard and a white robe walking around the desert. That's just not the God that I choose to believe in. And if you, that, if you believe that's your God, I love you for it. I think it is for you. I think, again, you have to go back to what serves you and what doesn't serve you. There is no right and wrong, especially in this situation to me. I mean, really look at religion for a second. You can talk to a devout Christian and a devout Muslim and a devout Jewish individual, and everyone's going to try to impress upon you their will. They're going to say, like, my way is the right way to practice religion. Well, I get that, truly. Like, that's a little bit of the tribalism you were probably brought up in, and that's what you believe serves you the best. I take this different approach to this that I believe that spirituality can be defined by the individual. And if it's serving you in the moment, then that's what you should believe. So again, this is not me trying to convert your you know, religion from Catholicism to whatever it is that I believe. If your God or your Jesus is a bearded man in a white robe, by all means, more power to you. Just take this at surface level. And so as I went down this path and twists and turns, I've become more interested in what the world calls these woo-woo type of things. Like, why does my hand tingle if I'm holding certain crystals? Like, why does that happen? Why is it that when I'm on a podcast and I'm speaking about some things that are maybe a little uncomfortable, a little unique, I hold hematite in my hand, which is something that grounds me and helps me find truth? Why is it that I'm attracted to lapis lazuli? Why is it that my left hand tingles when I hold it? Now, of course, if you're listening to this, you could say like, man, this guy's just literally fucking crazy. And I get it because if I would have went back three years ago, I would have 100% said I was crazy. Like my mind didn't allow this to even be a possibility of these things being true. But as I've continued to expand and just question literally everything, I couldn't come up with a reason to not investigate what could be. The lack of belief and the lack of understanding, the lack of being openness to external opinions to me is what creates a sedation for all of us. Again, I'm not saying this is the right way to practice your religion or spirituality. I'm saying it is a way that I have experienced. And so in that, I've started to share this more and more with those people that are around me, with those of you that are involved in my coaching practice, with those that follow me on social media. Like this is part of my everyday life. And the meditation side of things is literally just the the springboard. It's not all of it. It's just a piece of it. And so in this, I've started to really dive down. Actually, it was April or May of this year. I started diving down the path of getting my PhD in metaphysics. I know. So when I say that out loud, most people laugh. Like, oh, what's that? Is that like something you get from McDonald's? Can you get that on the back of a napkin? Like, how does that work? I get it. Like, ultimately, the PhD in metaphysics comes from a series of 
studying. Like it's a normal degreed program. Happens to be from the University of Sedona and it's online. And I, I get the fact it's not coming from the Ohio State University. The crazy part is I'm not getting a PhD to have some sort of doctoral acronym after my name. I'm doing it because that means I've achieved the highest level of study that I'm able to in a specific field. That's it. There's no way to quantitate it if I don't share it with you at a PhD level. So as I've went down currently the bachelor's route and I am one chapter, one sec- segment away from achieving what will be my bachelor's degree, you know, it's a 50-week training. And I started this March, so go figure. I'm a little bit of an overachiever. But in this, it takes you through all these different variations of what metaphysics really can be if you choose to allow it to be and how unique metaphysics and a connection to God really are, how much they overlap. So it almost has this religious twinge to it. And as I started diving into some of the principles in the Bible, like the Christian, like walk around in a Baptist church Bible, to the metaphysics training, studying, coursework, the theories and principles overlap. Now, not completely, and this is not a one-to-one translation, and I'm certainly not trying to get into a whole religious conversation here. I truly want you to believe whatever you believe. What I'm saying is, is I've studied more and I'm going deeper down this, what I'll call rabbit hole and understanding the, the limiting beliefs that we all have and how they may have been impressed upon us and understand that there's literally like 16 different ways to meditate going into the path and the, the thought process of what manifestation really is. Like I used to hear manifest and I thought, man, these people are truly nuts. Like how can you think about something and just bring it into your life? From my current viewpoint, I don't believe that you can. Like I can't sit here in the studio feeling parched right now and manifest a bottle of water to show up in my hand. To me, that's just not possible. It's not going to magically appear in this room. What I can do is paint that mental image of what it feels like to drink the bottle of water. To make it tangible in my mind. And from that level of being tangible, then I can take action associated with the desired outcome. And if I did that long enough, eventually the water would show up. Now, of course, that's a little bit of a bad example because I could just go to the refrigerator and get a bottle of water. But I oftentimes bring it up to a car. Like for a long time, material possessions kind of drove where I was going in life. I cared a ton about the watch that I was wearing or the clothes I was wearing or the suitcase I was carrying through the airport or the car I hopped into when I got outside. Now I'll tell you the manifestation that I believe in at this moment operates differently, where this manifestation is more of, okay, I like nice cars. I'm a car guy. Like I ran car dealerships. I've loved cars since I was two years old. Like I had matchbox cars and used to play with them. Like it's just always been something inside of me. It's always been something I've enjoyed. But when I really look at it, if I want to manifest, like I, I want a Rolls Royce ghost. It's something I've wanted for a very long time. But now I can see the black Rolls Royce and I can see the chrome wheels that come factory and I can see the doors opening the opposite way in the back seat. And I know what the leather smells like when I sit in it and what the thin steering wheel feels like in my hands. I know how the rotary dials work for the air conditioning and heat. I know how the key works in the end of the ignition that sticks in like a credit card. I know how the silence of the cabin feels. But I also know that these things don't come because I want the car to appear. 
Like if I start going backwards down this path, well, I can see myself getting into this after I'm stepping off stage. Well, why would I be stepping off stage? I'd be stepping off stage because I'm at a seminar where I'm helping educate people on this new way of operating. And why would I be on stage helping people from new new way of operating? Well, I'm getting the love and, and, and adulation from them, not only that we all desire, but based off the, the value that I'm adding to the marketplace. And I can see what that looks like and I can feel what that feels like. And from there, I just keep going backwards into my present day. So now I've created this mental bridge that takes me from where I'm at today to ultimately ending up in a Rolls Royce ghost. But the Rolls Royce ghost becomes a byproduct of the manifestation. It becomes a byproduct of the action that I took to make an impact in the world. It's not the desired outcome based off a of material possession. It's the byproduct of doing what I've been called to do. Which again is crazy, right? Like here's this whole manifestation thing that's just kind of sitting around where I know if I work consistently at it, I know if I eliminate pieces and parts of my life that don't ultimately serve that desired outcome, I know if I focus on it long enough, I know if I take action consistently enough, eventually that's going to happen. Like I'll go from sitting in this little 2,200 square foot office in Columbus, Ohio to something more grand if it's something that serves this message, not because I'm seeking it because it's seeking me. But all these principles and concepts are pretty far out there, right? As you're listening, there's a good chance that a handful of you are saying, like, this is just bananas to me. You know, when The Seeker came out, a book or a novel or however you want to say it, gosh, back in the early 2000s, kind of like swept all over the country. It was on Oprah. It was everywhere. And I believe in peace and parts of how The Secret shows itself. That there's a secret, secret way that all these people have brought all this wealth and abundance into their lives. But I believe a lot of it is tied to hard work and consistency. You just have to have this ruthless commitment to the visualization that you put forth. It has to matter more than anything else. It has to matter when times get really tough and you don't want to do it anymore. You know, there's, there's no magic new method of achieving this success. Whether it's something you hear from me or somebody like Andy Frisella or Gary Vaynerchuk or Ed Milet or name all the people, they're all telling you something the same way. Just keep working towards your goal and eventually it will show up. Like Andy taking 9, 10 years to become a quote-unquote overnight success. You think in some capacity he hasn't envisioned the day that he has right now? 10 years ago and he's, as he's sitting in a supplement company inside of a supplement shop, sleeping on the couch in the back with no money? You don't think he imagined the day that he's hopping on a private plane to fly to Las Vegas? Like I'm sure he did. But it took the long road to get there. It took the consistency and the hard work. All this only matters based off the fact of in this field of study, I've started to again share this more openly. It doesn't bother me at all. Some of you think I'm crazy and I love you for it. Again, I would have thought I was crazy three years ago as well. But in today, I see that it doesn't hurt me to have this belief system. So much so that I've shared it with Lindsay's parents. I mean, I've shared it with everybody openly. But in sharing with Lindsay's parents, come to find out her mother thinks much of the same way. And in this, Lindsay was in Washington, D.C. with her brother last weekend and comes home. And as she's flying home, Lindsay's mother's texting us. There's a body, mind, spirit festival show, whatever, at the Ohio State Fairgrounds. She asked if we want to go. Well, I'm instantly like, yes, 
I don't say that through text message because I want to confirm with my wife when she gets home. I mean, she's been gone for three or four days and inevitably hasn't had much sleep helping raise a, a toddler, you know, a one-year-old, literally being the sole provider for the toddler while her brother and sister-in-law were out of town. And so I wait and I pick up Lindsay from the airport and we spend some time together and I eventually say, look, if, if given the opportunity, here's what I want to do today. I want to go to this expo. It's not a festival, it's an expo. And laughingly to water it down and make myself feel more secure about it, I was calling it like the, the sunshine rainbow festival of life. Because it feels awkward to say this out loud because I still haven't fully accepted my beliefs yet. So I'm saying this to Lindsay and she's laughing and she's like, okay, I'll go. Now admittedly, Lindsay's traveled and she's just putting on a happy face just to go through it with me. Like she doesn't really want to do this. Not because she's not open to the possibility, but because she's tired and she would like to do anything else other than go walk around the Ohio State Fairground talking to people about things that are pretty far out there. But in this, we, we eventually go. It's about 4 o'clock, 4.30, we show up. And the festival ends at 7, or Expo. I'll quit calling it a festival. The Expo ends at 7, and we show up, and it's only a small, small part of the fairground. It's obviously not a very big event. We walk in, I think there's five aisles of tables with various vendors. And walk down the first aisle, and you know, there's different gemstones and rocks and like healers and all types of things that are different. You know, they expand my capacity. They force me to look at life in a different way because truly I don't understand all these things. And I may never understand them. I'm just in the process of acquiring my understanding. And so we eventually end up at a, a local acupuncturist who's a traditional Chinese acupuncturist. He's, he's actually a PhD level professor for the Ohio State University focusing on heart research. But the other half of his life is traditional Chinese acupuncture. And we're sitting down, we're chatting with him, and he's explaining his acupuncture practice. And all of a sudden, I go first. You know, he grabs my wrist and feels my pulse and asks me some questions. Admittedly, I don't remember what they are. Then eventually puts some sort of something, I don't even know what to call it, on my right hand's ring finger. Because I had told him that I've experienced some pain in my left ankle. That pain in my left ankle comes from boxing and twisting and, you know, just having an imbalance in my structure. Well, no sooner does he put this, again, I don't, I don't really know what to call it. It's not a needle. It's, you know, either it felt like a thing of rice, but maybe it was, like laughingly, it was almost like a piece of oatmeal that he taped to my finger. Within three seconds, I have no pain in my left ankle at all. Of course, I'm thinking, okay, this could be a placebo effect. Like, I'm believing that this is going to work, so it has to work. So I say thank you. I stand up, and I'm like, Lindsay, you sit down. Lindsay has had consistently bad hips from riding horses almost her entire life. She's had one reconstructed, and she needs her left reconstructed. And so she shares with this, I'll call him doctor, the pain that she has in her left hip. She doesn't go into great detail, just that there's some pain. He does a series of tests to her and eventually puts different water and rice or whatever it is on her right hand. She stands up and her left hip doesn't have any pain to it. She's able to squat down. She's able to move. She's able to you know, jump back and forth laterally free of pain. Lindsay hasn't been free of pain in that capacity for two years. 
at this point, her face is glowing. Like her physiology has changed based off the fact she's no longer in pain. It's almost like she wasn't aware of how much pain she was carrying around until it wasn't present any longer. And all from acupuncture. Something that to me, us, you know, traditional medicine type of individuals would say that's all witchcraft. It's all, you know, tomfoolery. Like there's no way this is going to work. But not only did my left ankle feel better and still does in this moment, free of anything on my hand, but so does Lindsay's hip. So much so that we trained legs this morning, she trained fine. Like there's no pain in her hip. So how is that possible? Like how is it that this man is changing how she feels based off pressure points in her body? It's wild. So we continue to walk up and down the aisles and see everything from, you know, specialized CBD oil, which is funny, owning a CBD company, and twists and turns and tuning forks and things that are, again, out there. But we come over to a middle aisle, and there is an, a chakra and aura reading device. Okay, so this is unique to me because now we're applying that science again with that metaphysical world that shouldn't be able to be explained. I'm like, all right, let's do this. Lindsay likes it. We did this. We went to the same expo. I believe it was three years ago. Could have been two. And had a comparable reading done by a different vendor, different person. And unbeknownst to her, I still have this, those old readings in the bottom of our desk at home. And so we go through and... It's almost like this Polaroid camera that takes a picture and then it scans your body to see the alignment of your chakras. Another Polaroid, it shows the auras that are radiating from your body. And I actually posted this on my Insta story this week. And I'll probably throw it up on Instagram if you want to see it. Uh, Ryan Nidell, N-I-D-D-E-L on Instagram. But in this, Lindsay goes first, and so she has a reading first because there's someone there that interprets it. Like I'm, I understand high level what's going on with this, but not at the level that I could speak super educatedly about it. I'm still on my journey of exploration. Like I'm still trying to acquire new knowledge. And so they read her aura and they read her chakras, and they're telling her some things that are pretty true to her. But because I'm not her, I'm, I'm really like drifting around. Like I'm paying attention to her reading, but I'm looking around at other people and you know just having conversations. Then comes my time. And my time is this individual is going through my chakras first. We, we leave my aura picture to the side. And she goes line by line through the chakras and that they're all supposed to be about the same amount of energy and that my third eye chakra is incredibly strong. It's at 100% on the rating scale. And she's explaining why that could be. She's saying, you know, you're someone that looks like you probably meditate consistently. You're someone that's on the hunt for spirituality. You're someone that is considering endless possibilities. You're someone that's able to connect to a higher power. Here's this person that admittedly she didn't even know my name yet. And so I'm like, all right, like maybe she just maybe she got lucky on that one. You know, I mean, shoot. Even a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. A broke clock's right twice a day. So she goes down, my heart chakra is also at 100%. So that heart chakra is, again, that, that caring, nurturing nature, the one that wants to solve problems for other people. I'm like, yeah, though. And so she's sharing all this with me that. You know, I'm doing something to impact the world and that I'm destined to something greater. And the combination of my, you know, my third eye and my heart chakra together means I have the intuition to actually make an impact in the world. And so she's sharing this with me. I'm like, man, this is crazy. How can this woman know this stuff? 
Again, maybe she's just lucky again, right? But then there's the throat chakra, which is the one in between those two. My throat throat chakra is very, very small. It's constricted. It's at 20% where everything else is close to 100%. And so she pulls out a sheet of paper and she says, look, I want you to look at this. Your throat chakra shows that in between the ages of 7 and 14, you had something traumatic happen inside of your family where you felt like you no longer had a voice. Where your mother that was supposed to protect you no longer did. And your father that was supposed to be around probably left. And from that, you've battled consistently with how to articulate your greatness. Like understand that you are who you are for a reason. And so that until you start to forgive those people from that time and understand they had the tools that they only had during that moment, it's always going to stay constricted. And the world's not going to hear all of your message because you don't have that power flowing through you based off of things that happened to you during that developmental time. And I'm like floored at this point. Because if you've listened to the podcast, you know everything that she just said is spot on for me. All those things actually happened. And I certainly have a very tough time saying that I'm great at anything. Like I am just who I am. But she's sitting there like, and I'm scribbling notes as quickly as I can on the sheet of paper because it's just like flowing through her. All these things that I can do to better my life. Starting with the forgiveness of my parents from that timetable in that moment. And I've worked through that the best that I can without being conscious of it at this level. And so we continue to go through the chakras and it's great. It's, you know, I could bore you with that for a long time, but everything else she said is spot on. But then she pulls out the aura picture and it's, again, I'll post this. It's a, it looks like a Polaroid, but there's colors all around it. And mine looks dramatically different than Lindsay's. And if I'm looking at the Polaroid, the right side of the Polaroid is the way that people like the information that comes into your life, and the left side of the Polaroid is the information you put out to the light, to the world. And again, this is really strange, truly spot on reading of who I am as a person. That the right side of the picture is someone that's always on the quest for knowledge, it's on, on this quest for expansion, that's reading and trying to find more answers to different pieces of life. And on the left side of the picture is Showing that, that, that I'm someone that wants to express that to the world and help the world based off of the knowledge that I just gained. So we wrap this up. You know, we bring this little reading to a close. And I finally share with her, like, I have this podcast that you're listening to me on. And I've, I've got all these things going on and the coaching. And, and she's just smiling. She almost already knows it. And again, I suppose there is some outside chance that in the 20 seconds that I sat down, she was able to pull up her phone, see the fact that I have a podcast, listen to an episode or two, and spit out what she spit out. That is a possibility to have to consider. It just feels super unlikely to me. Like, here's this woman that in theory knows nothing about me, had certainly never seen me before, that from two pictures is able to spot on tell me more things about me than most people know, period. And I'm floored. Like, I don't even know how to cover this. Like, I'm moved. I'm just, like, beside myself with how is this possible. So, of course, you know, thank her and get up and leave. And Lindsay and I take our readings and our pictures. And it's just this crazy, impactful moment that as I look down at my watch, it's almost like time stood still. Like, it's 6.20 now. And we've only went through two aisles of the six. 
So we very, you know, speedily walk up and down the rest of the aisles, and it's more crystals and tuning forks and sun ray catchers or whatever they're called, and all these unique things that I wish I had more time to truly dive into. But I leave this expo holding this paperwork in my hand just in awe of the fact that this spiritual journey that I'm on is opening so many more doors to what is possible that's greater than me. Like that's one of the, as I'm saying that, the studying that I did for, you know, the, the chapter 47 and 48 or 48 and 49 inside my metaphysics training is to start looking at all of us as godly creatures. That if God created all man, whatever you believe God to be, then that would mean God's inside of you and you would have a connection to God through your own power. And so that if you view the world as though you are, you have that godlike greatness in you, that it will help eliminate the negative beliefs you have about yourself. Because why would God have imprinted negative things upon you? It's like this crazy rabbit hole that I just can't seem to stop going down that I admittedly don't want to. Because it's pushing me to consider what else could be. You know, it's very easy studying engineering to say like, oh, one and one equal two. Like if I can't explain it, if I can't touch it, if I can't do a mathematic equation to bring it to fruition, then it just can't really be. But if that thought process was the only thought process that anybody ever adopted, there would be no advancement in society. Like think about all the crazy technology that we've experienced. That's because someone wanted to prove the system to be slightly flawed. They wanted to expand past what was possible. And that's ultimately what I'm doing now, just in this journey of understanding what spirituality really is to me. This woo-woo mindset of like, oh gosh, meditation and crystals and auras and chakras and all of its nonsense. Great. Maybe it is. I would challenge you to consider the fact that it might have some sort of new opening for you to view. Not that you have to live it. Not that you have to breathe it. Not that you have to walk around with, you know, a tie-dyed shirt on and rose-colored glasses and beads hanging from your neck. Just consider the opportunity that there's something greater than you that could be guiding us. Like we could all be connected to one higher power, again, God or whoever you believe in, that has left behind enough clues and, and tips and tricks to have us have a better connection with him. And at the end of the day, if you are a believer in any sort of organized religion or even not, just in the universal oneness or a higher power, then wouldn't it benefit you to have consistent communication and guidance from that individual? Wouldn't you want to consider what it would be like to know that you had that power on tap? Like that it's something that could better your life in every situation, every moment of every day? And that's ultimately the lesson to me in this. Is just to stay open to what could be. Allow yourself to relish in the possibilities that exist all around you. Like there are literally endless possibilities for everybody that's listening to this podcast. No matter where you are at in this current moment, you have a possibility to be something greater or you wouldn't exist. If you start to adopt the mindset that we're put on this planet for expansion and to do more and be more and achieve more than we've achieved before, then you have endless possibilities in front of you. You just have to walk through the doors and allow it to be, to receive the gift. 
So where in your life right now are you not open to receiving that gift? Where are you not open to the possibilities it could be? Maybe it's inside your relationship. Maybe right now you've been on this lull where you haven't had a relationship for quite some time. And you're just destined to the fact that I'm just not supposed to have a good, healthy relationship. And you succumb to the fact that that's just not part of who you are. I challenge you to consider that as you keep talking about all the negatives that exist in that mindset, all the negatives that exist around that relationship, are you bringing more negatives into your life or are you making room for positives? What if you shifted that mindset and shifted that methodology and started to create the the thought process of, I've went through the bad relationships I've went through to allow myself to recognize and realize the next best relationship that comes in. That I'm in the process of acquiring the relationship that I desire. How much better would that feel than saying, I'm never going to have a healthy relationship? For me, even saying it out loud, it makes my energy feel way different. Maybe it comes into your body. You know, maybe you're not open to the possibility of losing the weight you've always wanted to lose. That you're just destined to be a little bigger than you wanted to be. Have you considered the possibility that you need to just be open to the fact that it's a tangible result? That work that you'll put in will eventually lead to that path, will lead to that place. It all takes with understanding that it's possible. And once you understand there's a possibility, you can take action to back up the possibility to make it a probability. And same thing then, of course, when it gets into your business. Like where in life, where in your business are you not open to the possibility of achieving more? Potentially you're working for someone right now and you've got this burning desire to start your own company, your own business, your own thing. But instead of taking that leap of faith, you're convinced that it can't work out. What if you change that story to all the history that you have up until this point has just prepared you to take that leap of faith and make it out all right on the backside? You see, what I found over and over again is I'm open to endless possibilities and I can shift my perspective to what I can't have, to what I'm in the process of achieving. Every day, I'm able to get shit done.